0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. we live.
1: It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter. At Locked On Hornets, at Not of the Scribe, and at Walker Mail. Thanks again for hopping on with us here. The last episode of the week. And one thing I do want to start diving into as we get closer to the NBA draft are more second round evaluations. We kind of picked a couple that people were asking about via Twitter and or one and Elijah Hughes that had been mocked a lot to the Charlotte Hornets at 32 overall. If you want to tweet at us and start asking us about some of the prospects that you want to hear broken down on this podcast, maybe we can do one or two of those a day before we start to get to the NBA draft. That might be something that would uh, entertain you guys and inform you on some of the players that we could consider at 32, you start to go to the fifties. It's a crab shoot. So we'll try to focus a little bit more on the prospects that could be there early in the second round. And maybe the Hornets could even use that fiftieth pick that they have in this draft trade up uh, packaging it with 32, who knows what the Hornets might do. But um, not only do they have the third overall pick, but they have that second-round pick that is damn near a first-rounder. So it should be a lot of fun to see who the Hornets select. And some guy that could be a part of that NBA draft process one day, it could be Marvin Williams, who yeah. yesterday his dad actually revealed in a, I think it was the uh, a basketballnews.com website written by Spencer Davies. Spencer Davies mentioned that Marvin Williams' dad, Marvin Williams Sr., uh, said that the Charlotte Hornets have a standing offer to Marvin Williams if he wants a job working with the team somehow. And so this is how it goes. I'm pulling up the quote right now from Marvin Williams Sr. Quote, he mentioned to me that he really likes the Basketball Without Borders program, but because of the COVID, that whole process may have changed. I think that's the avenue he would like to go down. But if not, he's kind of a laid back guy. So he's like, Dad, I could be content working with North Carolina, being a film guy for the basketball team, making 60000 to 70000 a year. I'd be content with that. And then Marvin Williams Sr. said of his son, Larry Jordan, Michael Jordan, and them guys have told him and sat down with me and told me that if he wanted to come back and work for the Charlotte Hornets, he was more than welcome to. So he's got some options. It's just a matter of which one he chooses to pick. It was also interesting to read more of this article, how Marvin Williams' dad was discussing how Marvin will change his mind all the time. So he wasn't sure if he was really going to retire. He just heard Marvin Williams Jr. talking about it and was saying, okay, you know, yeah, that's fine. You can say that, but I know how much you change your mind. And then we got the abrupt announcement, by the way. Remember, Marvin Mm -hmm. Williams announced that he was going to retire through Mark Spears of the undefeated. And it was really right after they lost in that series to the Miami Heat. So, you know, no second guessing on Marvin Williams' front. But anyways, Nada, I mean, this has always kind of made sense. This doesn't catch me by surprise by in any way, shape, or form. And of course, we all love Marvin here. You mentioned how... He is one of the best free agent signings in Charlotte Hornets history. I would love for Marvin to be back in, uh, in a role with the Charlotte Hornets somehow.
0: Yeah, like, again, who doesn't really want him here? That would be the only question, because quite honestly, he makes sense from what they're trying to do. Now, we've had Rick on before, and Rick has said he's not the type to be a coach. But if he's going to be, a, again, a film guy, again, me and you have seen, again, fellow Tar Heel Anton Jameson up and down the halls of, uh, of spectrum scouting for the Washington Wizards. Why can't Marvin Williams be that same guy scouting for and doing video and doing everything along the lines of that for a for the Charlotte Hornets as well. So this makes a this makes perfect sense when we start looking at what Marvin Williams is going to do for what Marvin and again, at the same time, Marvin Williams is also one of the most beloved players that has played in the reboot for the Charlotte Hornets as well. So it makes perfect sense that he already has a job lined up for him ready to go. And it's just a matter of what that job is.
1: Yeah. And we'll see if Marvin decides to work with the Hornets, apparently having it been revealed that he's got a couple of different options. How about North Carolina going and, you know, being a film guy for them for the first little bit, making 60 K to 70 K a year. I, one, How fascinating is that just to see what these pro basketball players would be making, Taking that kind of job. I just had no clue what that film guy might be making. So interesting to see the figure. That might be the that. high
0: end film and <laughs> film guy
1: though. You got to think about that.
0: Like legitimately, that might be the high end. Like entry level, you ain't got no basketball experience. That's probably a twenty, thirty thousand dollar job at best.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but if you're Marvin Williams and you helped win a 2005 championship for that school and played a big part in the tournament while doing so, then we'll bump it up to 60 or 70K and see exactly where you go within uh, the Carolina basketball program. We've seen them take back guys, Sean May on that staff. We've seen Kendall Marshall come back and, and coach along with that staff. And that's nothing new for college programs. So that would be cool to see Marvin Williams do that or with the Hornets. And not it also makes me ask a question just how, and if Marvin Williams... Is a part of this organization albeit in a front office role or just some kind of role uh with the operations side of the team how much does that diminish your need to sign veterans because it reminds me mm. of what the carolina panthers have done getting julius peppers back in the building as an ambassador getting luke keekly back in the building as a scout And you have so many different football players on a roster. You're talking about a 53 active man, and then you're talking about even more beyond that. So there are so many opportunities to bring in veterans to help with different position groups. But the Hornets only have, you're talking about 15 guys on a roster and a little bit more two-way contracts, but they're always younger players. And I just wonder, do you need maybe just one or two veterans out there on the basketball court? with the players during game situations? And does it diminish your need to have older souls within that locker room? If you do have Marvin, who already has a relationship with some of the younger guys on this team, and do you just re-sign a Bismack Biombo for big man depth? And then it diminishes your need for other veterans. I just wonder if that's something that would ever creep into the mind of one Mitch Kupchak when trying to decide who he wants to bring into this roster on the outside.
0: No, it has to factor in. Because, again, if you can save a roster spot for a younger guy that you can, tra- you can shuttle up and down the Greensboro, if Greensboro is going to be a thing, then, yeah, bringing in a Marvin Williams to consistently – like be the sounding board for a guy like Nick Friedman sounds like a very smart investment, especially if you're talking about player development and player development being the future of this franchise. It makes a lot more sense to do something like that than it does to sign a guy for $4 million, especially if the guy's going to come at a discount. Like this all matters at some point in the fact that Marvin does want to stay around the game of basketball and teach the game of basketball. What better opportunity than to possibly do this with draft picks and then At the same time, like you're bringing up, save a roster spot for someone that legitimately could be on the bus of Greensboro. I think it's a win-win for both sides, if that's the idea for Mitch Kupchak.
1: One idea that you should always have is supporting Built Bar and even their new product, Built Go, which is something that can also help with your energy. It's a gel that is uh, coming in different flavors. Three delicious flavors, by the way: peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And whether it's a mental We're or physical, holding out physi-
0: for the Barcia, by the way.
1: I <laughs> hear you on that. The Barcia Bros back at it again. Barcia Boys back at it again. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every single day. And they come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. Whether it's uh um whether it is one of those flavors, either one of those flavors, they all work so well. It's a five hour energy without the same kind of crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's better for the body. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work and it kicks in to keep you going strong. Collagen promotes joint, uh, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. And this stuff literally makes you look better. So not only does it make you feel better, whether it's mental or physically, it also makes you look better not I know. We need all the help we can possibly get with that. So speak, visit builtgo.com yourself, and use promo code LOCKED. Yeah, I meant you too. I absolutely meant you too. Use promo code LOCKED. No, not LOCKED on, by the way. Just one word, LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. And you'll get 20% off your next order again. And that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. Let's go to the other segment that we have. Buddy Healed is an interesting name. He wants out of the Kings organization, or at least there's some beef between the higher ups and what he is as a player. Is that a possible target for the Charlotte Hornets? We'll talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
2: This is Locked On Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robotussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to be yeah, back. Great to be back on the show.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We always like to promote our other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, and now is a great time to start checking out some of the other just individual Locked On Team podcasts that we have with the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Kings are no different. It's hosted by Matt George, and we're going to play a little clip of him discussing Buddy Healed. And maybe how he could be leaving that organization because of some beef that he might have, uh, how much money he's making, just his overall analysis on how Buddy Heald has developed as a player and maybe not developed so much. Here's more from Matt George of Locked On Kings.
2: Why did the Sacramento Kings offer Buddy that contract, $88 million guaranteed contract with the opportunity to make upwards of $100 million with incentives added on to the $88 million deal almost a year ago? Why did they make that move? Well, the easy answer is because Buddy Heald is an elite shooter in the NBA, and like I said earlier, he is worth that money. Buddy Heald earned that money by his play. Specifically, Buddy Heald shot himself to that contract uh, by shooting nearly 50% in catch-and-shoot situations and over 40% overall from the three-point line. Again, Buddy Heald deserved that money. Do the Sacramento Kings regret giving Buddy Heald that money? Probably. Does Vlade Divac, who of course is no longer the general manager of the Sacramento Kings, does he regret giving Buddy Heald that money? Probably. And it's not because Buddy Heald's not worth that money. It's because of everything that has happened since Buddy got that money. Buddy Heald forgot what got him paid. It wasn't the fact that he is this sensational superstar player that is going to put the Kings on his back and lead them to the championship. That guy here is De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald is aware of that. But Buddy Heald doesn't think he's second fiddle. Buddy Heald thinks he is guy number one B, and De'Aaron is guy number one A, and Buddy has said it from the very beginning, he wants to be paid like he is part of the core, he is part of the future of the Sacramento Kings. And you know what? He was, and in a way, he might still be. But Buddy Heald is not De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Heald is not the leader on this Kings team. Buddy Heald is a complimentary player who just so happened to lead the Kings in scoring and come up with some big moments on the perimeter for two reasons. One, because he's further along in his development than De'Aaron Fox, at least he was at that time. And two, because he was sharing the floor with De'Aaron Fox, who was drawing so much attention away from himself that he could get open opportunities. Catch and shoot three-point winners were the bread and butter of Buddy Heald's game. And for some reason, a lot of that element of his game disappeared this season after he got paid. And I'm going to split that down the middle to blame 50-50. 50% of that is on Buddy Heald for wanting to be his hero and idol Kobe Bryant, and 50% of that is on Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings for going away from what made Buddy Heald so successful to begin with. Putting him on the perimeter, allowing him to just hover back and forth, go to the corner, go to the wing, go up top regardless, spread the floor, let De'Aaron Fox either get the ball to you in transition or kick it out to you with inside-out play.
1: That's what works. So, nada. when you listen to Matt talk about What was one of my favorite college basketball players a few years back was so fun to watch with Oklahoma getting to the final four before eventually just getting destroyed by Villanova. Watching Buddy Heald play basketball, he really did grow into more of just a catch and shoot specialist scoring 20 points a game two years ago, not this past season, but just one season ago, I should say. Um, prior to this year, his field goal percentage did go down. His three-point percentage did go down a little bit, still shooting damn near 40% from beyond the arc. But he is one of the elite shooters in the NBA, as Matt said. And you heard Matt talk about his catch and shoot ability. Now you look at Buddy Heald's contract. He is under control up until 2024. It is on a declining contract. It starts mm-hmm. at $24.4 million next season. Then it goes to twenty two point four. is the last year of his contract. He's 27 years old. So you're looking at 28, 29, 30, 31 years old when that deal comes off of the books. It's not bad money, Nada. This is not some kind of contract that is way too much for me. And the fact that it is declining as he gets older it is nice. And when you're talking about his kind of skill set, then it doesn't make me think that he's going to age too poorly. Now, one thing that's always interesting me about Buddy Healed, and I think I have this right. when NBA, I think NBA.com is the publication that uh, tracks this stat. When they're just talking about miles ran or just the amount of distance run. On a basketball court, Buddy Hield is constantly up at the top, and I think maybe it was like last year where he was significantly ahead of maybe even second place. He's just constantly running around. Maybe that's where Father Time sets in. Yeah. And, but but I I you know we've seen JJ Redick continue to play like that as he gets older and still be an elite shooter in this league. I think Buddy Hield can age pretty well. I wouldn't hate going after Buddy Hield, but not I just right now. I don't want to dish all that kind of money, even to a player that you're having to take a a risk or a gamble on whether he can take a next step and be an alpha dog. And I don't think Buddy is that kind of number one option where you're hoping one of your draft picks turns out to be another one option. I I don't want Buddy Heald. I don't want a Zach Levine, right? Like, I don't want those kind of players on the Charlotte Hornets team. And you might be thinking, Walker, that's crazy. You're a small market team. You're never going to get anybody that's better than that but I would like to save money for some of the players that you draft and not dish it out to players that I don't think necessarily raise your level as much as I would want to for the kind of contracts that have been dished out to them. What do you think about the possibility for Buddy Heald playing with the Charlotte Hornets?
0: I think I think it's a possibility you should really kind of explore a little bit more, because think about it. Like you just said, if someone said, if the, the Kings said, you know what, we have a late first and Buddy Heald... And we again, and we again, we'll take Nick Batum. You're telling me you wouldn't do it.
1: Um, it, what what's the offer again? So it's a first round pick and Buddy Healed in exchange for, for Nick Batum.
0: Yep, for for Nick Batum.
1: Uh, yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about getting a first round pick and getting rid of Nick I think Batum,
0: because I also think that's the only way you're, especially in this financial climate. It's the only way they're moving on from buddy Heel because no one's really got the space to do it like that. Like the, again, I'm, let me re, re, retract that a little bit like Atlanta and the Hornets are like two of like maybe four teams that can really do that, something like that where they can take a guy into space and get first round picks. It's why I'm kind of really like hyper about that. Let's take some cap space. Let's spend again, gain assets. I think Um, Buddy Heal's game ages very, very well, even though he's an older guy. I am also one of those people that believes that he's going to be he's going to end up being a lot better. Again, I think there's a resale value on him, and I think you're going to get better once the economy gets better and everything else like that. I think you're going to get a better return from for him later on than than you are actually going to have to give up for him. So I I would absolutely do it. Quite honestly,
1: are are you saying? And, and with your trade proposal, I mean, I was thinking even the Hornets would have to give up a first round pick to go get a Buddy healed, And you're saying it's the opposite to get more cap space. You think?
0: I kind of think so. I think because of where Sacramento is, and I need to go look at where Sa- Sacramento is, but I believe where they're at. I think they're either close to the tax or a, like. They're going to be at next ordinary, year.
1: They're at 96 million.
0: Oh, next year. They are at
1: 96, 96.4 or
0: so 0.5 we, again. So they're at, a, they have about $10 million. And remember they have to sign Bogdanovich. So again, we can assume for what shooting costs, they're going to be over the cap. If it makes it again, to make it easier to sign a guy like that. And remember, they still have the Barnes contract that's going to weigh them down for quite a while. I'm kind of on, I think think the price to get him is not going to be nearly as bad as as people seem to think it is.
1: Well, look, if you're telling me that that would be the trade proposal for the Kings, then I do that 10 times out of 10. And I don't even mind taking more money on for Buddy Heald because I get a first round pick out of it. Like if you're going to give me a first round pick for the Kings... (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I'm absolutely going to take that, especially with my disbelief that the Kings can do anything productive or competent going forward. That first round pick would be amazing. I don't know how protected it would be, whatever, but yeah, I just be think
0: pretty protected. I well, think.
1: Uh, well, anyway, I think that the Hornets would be the one that would be giving up some assets to go get a guy that averages 20 points and is one of the elite shooters in the NBA. So, that would be, go ahead, Nada.
0: So, so then if, again, if the Hornets had to give up an asset, what's the furthest you'd go? What's the furthest you'd go?
1: I think that's the kind of thing like I just don't I don't want to get rid of a first round pick to go get Buddy Healed. I don't and, think
0: he, he's not worth it, especially not for what again, for not for what he's worth right now. He's a great shooter. He's not going to elevate the ceiling of your franchise. That's why I'm all kind of OK doing this in a salary dump type style move. You, you got to only be OK with it if it's a salary dump because he's not going to. Again, as great greatest buddy healed is going to be even on this roster, the ceiling for the, the ceiling for wins would probably be what 30 32, 33. that's still worth it for me because again you're talking about an era where we've seen it doesn't help you to bottom out. So yeah I'm still willing to give up assets It's just not going to be the first round pick type type of asset like I would even go this far as much as I love Malik monk. I'd be, I'd I'd think about it at least.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I hear you. I, I, as far as just signing some of those players though, I like sticking with the rebuild a lot more. I'm just scared to pay money toward to those guys. And and even if their contracts do become, you know, and, and even if you were to trade it for something else, <clears throat> I, I could see it like, Buddy Healed heel is not one that I, I would hate. It's just I kind of like staying the course as is real quickly before we heading uh, before we head to the final segment of Lockdown Hornets. I want to talk a little bit about Roman and look, you know, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just kind of brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo with the awesome Powers quote or we avoid. it all together with excuses like i had a long day at work you know anything like that any excuse just to avoid talking about it but with roman it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple it's safe and it's completely discreet with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and the privacy of your own home A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping you can get roman.com xxx and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman to help you out with that where you can complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional go to getromancom roman.com locked on mba today if approved you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NBA. Getroman.com slash locked on NBA. All one word, zero spaces, locked on NBA. Have one more segment to go here on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
2: This is Locked
1: on Hornets.
2: So if you don't baseball. believe in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement?
1: I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It's
0: really tough. Clockwise. I've tried it. It's really tough.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's weird that we could have an NBA champion crowned tonight. And if it goes as to what you predicted in this, then it will be, there will be an NBA champion crowned tonight with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Anthony winning his first championship as an NBA player. LeBron would win his fourth NBA championship. It would be with his third different team. And instead of Kawhi Leonard being the guy that wins the finals MVP, the first to ever do it with three different teams, kind of like we thought heading into the season and into the bubble, it would be LeBron James as that guy, as it seems. Like most people at least thought Anthony Davis um, lost it with that game three performance. And you just start to kind of look back on this year. What a wild year it was Uh, ending abruptly Mm -hmm. in March the way that it did because of the pandemic. When Rudy Gobert tests positive for COVID-19, it's crazy to think that we really are talking about seven months ago that the regular season did not end. In its entirety, but had to end because of the pandemic and its infant stages of how it was just going to hit the world and hit America in a huge way. And there's a chance that the NBA season comes to an end tonight, um, especially also with something that I feel like it's been more talked about because I think people have kind of gone back to, oh, wait, we forgot about Kobe Bryant's death. You know, everything that 2020 has brought us has been so crazy the the biggest storyline that i think started 2020 was kobe bryant's unexpected death and here are the lakers winning the championship you know and and some of this can get kind of hokey when we try to make the stats you know we we try too hard to make the stats equal 81 or equal 24 mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like your social it, we, po-
0: again the, your social posts are some of the, again those social posts are some of the most annoying like clout chasing things that we've ever seen. And I wish they would stop. Like it's a disrespectful thing. Like let the man rest. And again, granted the Lakers have played their part in this too. Like they've played this up, do it for Kobe. We've heard it from AD. We've heard it from a whole bunch of other folks.
1: I mean, so here real quickly, like I think you're going in a different area than I really wanted to go because the, the area I wanted to go was yeah, you know, we try too hard with some of the stats to equal any number that is significant to Kobe Bryant. I, I think there are some real moments to take away that do leave it a little goosebumpy. You know, Anthony Davis hitting that game winning three against Denver, and then immediately upon the pure elation that you would experience right at that time that the bucket um, that you drain the bucket, Anthony talks about Mamba mentality or he talks about the Mamba. That was for Kobe. Like those are special moments to me. I think that's something that I can accept as being really cool. If this is something that is important to LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers organization, That's completely fine with me like that. That's that's something that I actually embrace a little bit more than us trying so hard to connect some of the dots in order to equal out these crazy stats that are significant to Kobe. It's the moments like that where in the midst of him celebrating a game winning shot in the playoffs uh, the immediate thing that comes to Anthony Davis's mind is Kobe, you know, wearing these jerseys. It, I think the wearing of the jerseys is cool. It's a little weird for Miami because you might view Miami a little, you know, is there any, I hope there wouldn't be any animosity towards Miami beating the Lakers the time that they wear the Kobe jerseys. And, you know, how weird is it if they lose? Like you run into that kind of problem a little bit. Yeah. But I, I do think that it is weird how, how hard Kobe's death hit me unexpectedly. You know, when we just talk about, how much he is a part of the fabric of the NBA ever since really for me and my fandom starting hardcore in 2000 and then him just being gone. And I just wasn't ready for it. And I didn't know I wasn't ready for it. And to see the Lakers win this, to, to see them kind of honor Kobe. I, I do think all of that is cool. And just what a crazy year it's been for the NBA with everything that's happened.
0: No, you're right about that. It's been kind of crazy and like th- just like you said, Kobe was a big factor of again me growing up in my twenties, and then again having that whole love hate relation, love hate respect relationship with the guy because again I wasn't the biggest fan of his. Oh, again, I was the biggest fan of his early because everybody basically loved Shaq and no one loved Kobe. Then I didn't like him for the stuff in Colorado, and then at the end of the day, just like the way he carried his handled his business, stayed out of the spotlight, promoted women. Like stuff like that, like the entire career arc, arc, like having that those that range of emotion pretty much is still kind of weird for me. And just the fact that the Lakers may be winning this thing and he's not necessarily here, I am, I, I don't know. Like, again, it's a, just a wild, again, it's been a wild six months that feels like 30 years and I just don't know how to describe it really.
1: Yeah, it, it's just it's it's nuts that we're finally here at the end of it. You know, what I mean, I it, it, we don't know like sure the he could come back. He don't lay down. We've seen Denver come back from two different 3-1 deficits. Obviously, you would put your money on the Lakers. And so I don't want to act like this is already a eulogy for the season, but it really is there is a chance that we have an NBA champion crowned tonight with all of these different storylines. And and w- another one is, how about shout out to the NBA for handling COVID-19? as well as you possibly could draw up. I mean, Mm. if you would have told me that the NBA would have zero positive tests because of this environment that they have created for all the players and coaches and everybody involved in that bubble, I wouldn't have guessed that it would be zero. Like We are literally talking about just in the matter of having COVID-19 infiltrate that bubble a flawless way. Now, look, knock on wood because COVID-19 is, is crazy and maybe mm. something happens within the next couple of days. i knock on wood hard for that. But if they get through this without it, zero times did yeah. we see a positive test within that bubble i mean that's insane no
0: that that is insane and remember this is in spite of lou williams deciding to go to magic city to get some wings this is inside <laughs> again this is in spite of daniel house losing his damn mind that's right and, or and again in and ordering room service if you know what i mean if you i know do what i mean i but, do know. but but also like again this is in spite of all this and this is the stuff we know imagine the stuff we don't know that's been kept under wraps like, this is like, again, I don't want to make this more than it is, because the NBA at the end of the day is a business. But it this showed you what like hum, human like sacrifice. This is sacrifice. This is sacrifice by a whole bunch of folks, and the fact that it's going to work most likely. Like I don't know how this again. This is a success, and no amount of ratings discussion or anything else around the around it can really just ruin it for me, quite honestly.
1: Well, I mean, and and just, you know, you talk about it being a business and there are plenty of faults to point out with the NBA as a business and everybody's going to be quick to point to China and, it was, and it's become the what about Chicago argument with all the Black Lives Matter movement that's infiltrated the NBA. And I get that it still doesn't excuse the NBA for doing business with China as long as it has, even though I think it's been used for bad faith arguments for something that people really don't care about anyway. But... If you want to talk about how problematic that is, and I'm here to agree with you, like if you want to bang on the NBA for doing business with China for the sole purpose of that, then fine, I'm here with you for that. But also, if we're going to talk about the NBA doing a lot of good, how about their involvement with the saliva testing? That was somewhat of a breakthrough also with testing for COVID. How about their community testing program as part of the this year and the restart in Orlando where they were allowing people to come in and get tested? They were a part of that, funding it as well. Um, you know, you're talking about technology that they implemented at the beginning of all of this, but before anybody else was doing it, where you see baseball failing, where you even see football failing now. And I actually don't think the NFL's testing policy is all that awful. I think they've made some mistakes, but also I, I actually, the NFL was clearly a lot better about all of this than what major league baseball was. And, and even if it it wasn't a bubble, I, I just think that the NBA clearly doing this for money. Like, I'm not getting this twisted. Clearly, the NBA was doing it so they could save as much money as possible. Like, of course, it's a business, and I get all of that. But the NBA also clearly did their jobs in making sure their players were as safe as possible. And if the players actually contracted COVID, then it had mm-hmm. to do more with something like going to Magic City or inviting somebody for room service. That is what you would have. And it still did not happen. I, I, I got to give praise for the NBA in handling all of this, even if the motivation was financial. I, it, even if that's the case, crazy that the NBA actually did as well as they did with a whole bunch of different things involved here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And again, it's just success to everybody. Yep. Success to everybody.
1: All right, we'll see what happens tonight. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Again, make sure you tweet at us if you want us to talk a little bit more about maybe a second round pick we haven't talked about. We can watch film on it. Whatever you want to do, we can talk about it a little bit more um, if you want to tweet at Walker Mail at not the scribe at Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you on Monday.